Hi, this is Karen. Welcome, welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I appreciate you joining me. This podcast episode is titled Half Baked, and you'll find out why in a minute. But first, I would like to tell you that if you are looking to find out more info about this podcast or my other podcast called Inspired Whispers, you can hop on out to womaninspired.com. There's more info there. You can also find out how to schedule me to speak at your next conference, retreat, or on your podcast. So again, womaninspired.com. And while you're out there, after you listen to this podcast, of course, if you're looking for other podcasts that are faith-based, inspirational, some entertainment, theological, educational, you can go to accessmore.com. They have all kinds of uh, wonderful leaders, pastors, educators out there, and it's a safe place to go out and peruse other podcasts I think you might be interested in. So check it out. I know I have. Not sorry I did. It's accessmore.com. All right. And just so you know, I start each podcast with what I call a pod quote. And today's quote is from Pastor Paddock Van Zeele. Are you ready? Because it's a long one. Here goes. You don't have to understand directions. All you have to do is follow them. And you can follow them only one step at a time. What you need is not intelligence, but a blind faith. Name and give God the glory. Name it and give God the glory. As we trust him, we can rest assured that God will give us the victory. When we obey God's instructions, we will succeed. Obedience is the key to success. Okay, that was a really long one, but there's a point to it. Okay, so have you ever heard the term half-baked? I'm sure you have. Most of us have. Maybe in association with baking a cake or cooking some cupcakes. I don't know if you watch some of those cooking shows. Uh, I hate it when I bite into a wonderful looking decadent treat with you know, it, it, this amazing aroma to it and expecting a delicious party on my taste buds. But I get a bite of undercooked, half-baked, doughy, eggy, powdery, floury mess. Ugh can't stand that. I've done it to myself a few times. Uh, But especially when you're working to cut out those kinds of extra treats and calories and carbs. So you're eating fewer of them. You know, it's kind of a human condition, isn't it? A lot of us are trying to do that. We know we can't have something that we love and it's super delicious all the time because it's not healthy for us. But then it makes us want it even more. And in those cases, when we save up and we think, oh, we're going to have that wonderful, delicious dessert. But then we bite into that extra special tantalizing treat we've been waiting for and get something half-baked, subpar, yuck. It's so disappointing. You're putting all your hopes and dreams, your dessert dreams and calorie splurges into that one wee dessert. Only to have it turn out to be yuck. (laughs) can't stand that. Or perhaps you've heard the term half-baked in reference to someone's personality, their intellect or intelligence level. I don't know. Someone could have called you half-baked at some point. I've been called half-baked. You know, there are similar meanings to sayings that um, are out there in the general public in our culture. Someone isn't, I don't know, playing with a full deck or the term in this case actually means um edging on foolishness 
Did you know that half-baked means edging on foolishness? It means unplanned and not well thought out. Bet you didn't know that, did you? Maybe you did. Um, or maybe you've heard the saying that is two bricks shy of a load. Similar. Similar. Only half-baked, again, has a real definition. Edging on foolishness. Unplanned and not well thought out. But I've heard other people say things that are similar to half-baked in reference to someone and their ideas or the way they act. Maybe their elevator doesn't go all the way up. They're one cob short of a bushel. <laughs> and some of my favorites. Okay. Um, it looks like someone squeezed their Charmin a little too much. That That's an old one. Kind of dates me. Probably can tell what my age is by that. But I used to love the old, old Charmin commercials. Uh, please don't squeeze the Charmin. That has nothing to do with half-baked, but I love that, that guy on that commercial. So anyway, again, tells you my age. <laughs> but maybe you've heard something more along the lines that someone is a few shy, a few fries. That's what it is. A few fries short of a Happy Meal. <laughs> Yeah, that's another, that's a cute one. Or maybe she's all foam, no root beer. And this is bad, but I heard someone say this one time, um, some village is missing their idiot and we found him. <laughs> okay. It's not nice. It's bad, but it is funny. And yes, some of those things have been said about me at times that I know of, and it may be a whole lot more than I know of, but we all have those times when our brains don't work right. You know, we get wacky ideas or what others would consider eccentric ideas that might seem half-baked to them, but that's okay. I try to remember when I get an idea that someone else might think is half-baked or they think I'm the idiot that needs to go back to their village. Well, I try to remember that I wouldn't be the first <laughs> and just think about it. All those amazingly famous or wealthy people who have now gone on to do good and affected other people simply because they ran with whatever uh, harebrained half-baked idea or notion that they had at the time. Okay, now granted some of these people who made a whole lot of money off of things may not have done all of that stuff because they wanted to do good in the world or they might not have done a lot of good with the money they had, but they got it from still taking their half-baked notions and running with them. It goes to show how you can affect others or shape mindsets, whether you could do it in a good way or a bad way. Hmm. Got to think about that, huh? But you can, you can shape mindsets, you can set trends and affect other people with some of your own half-baked attitudes and ideas. For example, I have a picture of a meme on my phone that says, Next time you're afraid to share ideas, remember that someone once said in a meeting, hey, let's make a film with a tornado full of sharks. <laughs> and here we are many years later, we have Shark Week and a cult following for the movie Sharknado. I mean, who would have thought? And, and that got me to thinking, though, one day someone woke up and said, by George, I've got it. I'm going to make clay pots that look like people's heads and grow chia seeds out of them. I'll make a million dollars. Who would have ever thought that Chia Pets designed as famous people's heads and animals would ever be a thing? But it's been on going on for years and they're more popular than ever. But, you know, it just goes to show there are things in our society that others thought were ridiculous, not viable whatsoever and not needed at all that have been successful. Like when the college-aged woman in Michigan decided that, that she decided that a um, she would design a weatherproof coat that also turns into a sleeping bag and a backpack for the homeless. I think that was about 
10 years ago. That's phenomenal. She just designed this. It, it was meeting a need. People thought she was crazy and it boomed. And then there's uh, the 11 year old boy in Texas who invented a device a few years ago that you install on the back of the headrest in your car. And it detects whether or not you left your child in the car seat. So if you accidentally get out of the car and your child's still in the car, it sends a message to your phone and to the police. Um, to let them know there's a child in the car. I mean, there's no way people thought that an 11 year old boy could do that, but he did. And he's saving lives because he decided to take one of his half-baked ideas and was unafraid to share it. Now, I have no doubt that way down the line, people thought anyone who believed in Jesus was half-baked too. There's no way a man could turn wine into water, water, well, he could turn wine into water if he wanted to, but he actually turned water into wine. <laughs> I'm sure people thought, no, that he didn't do that. He couldn't do that. And why would some supposed savior have anything to do with prostitutes, beggars, tax collectors, or thieves, right? Or, or how could someone purportedly die on a cross, be put in a tomb and rise again three days later? All those disciples who follow him must be half-baked, right? Of course, there are plenty of us who have had half-baked ideas that truly do fit the bill of being half-baked. <laughs> Maybe um, too much uh, oxygen going on in our head, so to speak. And in those cases, all we can do is laugh at ourselves and keep being unabashed or unashamed. Move forward with the expectancy that one day we will create, we'll cook, we'll bake something absolutely delicious or significant and meaningful in our lives. Because we just have to get up and keep trying again. In the meantime, though, it's super important to be able to laugh at ourselves and know that we're all just human. And I don't use it as an excuse to, to say, oh, we can get away with anything and it's no big deal because after all, we are human. But just to say that there are certain things that we all have in common. And sometimes that might be something that others call half-baked or half-baked ideas. The important thing is you can get away with being half-baked if it comes from a sincere place and from a place of truth and love and goodness. I truly believe that. Now, do you suppose that people thought Jesus was half-baked or that maybe other Jews and Gentiles would say those disciples are, I don't know, one maiden short of a harem? I don't know. Or one sheep short of a flock because they were following Jesus or one wolf short of a pack whatever it was in those days, one hump short of a functional camel. I don't know. But can you imagine also what they said about Noah? I can just, I, I can't, the, the jokes I could tell, but I won't. Anyway, but when I hear the term half-baked, I don't just think of someone who doesn't have it all together or has a crazy idea, idea or notion. I think of that half-baked cake or pie I was talking about a minute ago. I think about how we so often go into a situation or deal with a life situation half-baked as well. I don't just mean a little woo-woo out there in a different way, but also going in unprepared, maybe attempting to tackle a situation or a stress or something unexpected or even a planning an event without all of our ingredients lined up. We don't have a recipe in hand. We, the oven is turned off. We're impatient for the results. And then we're shocked when our cake comes out half-baked or our event or the plan or the thing that we were endeavoring to do fails. How many times have you set forth to accomplish something and yet it failed or partially failed? Maybe it wasn't as successful as you hoped, but, 
you didn't understand why. Or others may have thought the idea was half-baked, but you knew in your heart that it was what it was supposed to be and that it could be successful. But perhaps you felt you put in lots of effort or thought you'd be ready to handle any stress or problem you needed to solve, but the result wasn't quite what you thought it was. And you came out the other side of it with half-baked results. Or you walked into whatever scenario or stressful situation or goal or opportunity half-baked. Yet you still expected that something delicious, substantial, and and tantalizing or satisfying and successful was going to come out the other end. But of course it didn't because it was half-baked. So like me, maybe you can look back now on something that you went through or tried to accomplish and and see that all along your attitude or maybe your process was actually half-baked, not fully thought out, not well thought out not executed as it should be. And so the results showed it. Oh my gosh, I've been there. I've been there, done that. I've written a podcast on it. <laughs> Cause here, that was funny. Anyway, it was to me. Okay. So I'm, I've tried to teach our kids not to have half-baked plans while expecting fully baked, wondrous results in the end. And I'm going to just explain to you how I did that because we taught them how to bake a real cake. Only, well, with my son, he preferred pie. So we discussed the process of baking a pie with him and taught him that in order to teach this life lesson to him. We taught him that so that we could teach him this life lesson. Um, So with this pie making scenario, he was able to connect the dots. That was at the level that he could understand. So I'm going to share with you so that you'll get what I'm talking about. And it puts kind of an image in your head. So we have to start out by asking, what are the basic steps to making a pie? Before we ever get to the baking part, we have some work to do ahead of time to get prepared. So number one, we would need to be decisive, figure out what kind of pie we're going to make. In other words, if you know you're called to do something or you're faced with something, then you need to know exactly what God wants you to do about it, do for it or do with it, and then be decisive and do it. You have to be resolved to pray, to seek the plan, figure out the what, or in this case, the kind of pie that we are going to make. What is it that God wants you to do? What kind of pie are you going to make? Number two, once you know what, what kind of pie, then you can get the ingredients all lined up. What is it going to take to make the pie? We don't just say, hey, we're going to make a pie, then throw together whatever we have on hand and expect it to be the kind of pie that we wanted to make. We can't just take whatever we have and throw a little time and a little effort into something without getting things lined up to do what God wants us to do and then expect it to be what God wanted it to be in the first place, right? No, in both cases, we have to have the right ingredients. And three, the right tools. We have to have the right tools to make a pie. I remember when we were teaching my son this concept about the right ingredients and the right tools that, you know, we said, hey, what kind of pie do you want to make? Well, his favorite is pumpkin pie. So that's what he chose. So I took apples, pecans, lima beans, and some pepper out. And I set them on the cupboard. Then I took out a frying pan, a measuring cup, a plastic spoon, and a napkin and said, here you go. And he just looked at me like I was crazy. At that point, he'd cooked enough small things to know that this didn't look like any pumpkin pie he'd ever seen or eaten. And he said, where's the pumpkin? And the look on his face was priceless. But isn't that what we often do? We just pull out whatever it is that we have and throw it all together. 
Life is not an episode of Chopped. Our, our spiritual journey is not a competition to throw together bits and pieces of this and that and expect a masterpiece. God will give us the tools we need and the ingredients we need to do what he calls us to do. We just have to work not to get impatient and run ahead of him. We have to be willing to educate ourselves about whatever it is and wherever it is that he wants us to go and to use the tools that he's saying that we need to have the results that he wants us to have. So for baking that pumpkin pie, some of the right tools, first and foremost, would be a cookbook or a recipe, an oven, a pie tin, and of course the ingredients, you know, we'd have the mixing bowl and a rolling pin and measuring cups and spoons, but the ingredients would be more over flour, butter, salt, sugar, fruit, pumpkin, whatever it is that we need to do with that, um, evaporated milk, those sort of things, definitely not lima beans. But what about the tools and ingredients that we need to follow God or to be successful as a child of God with whatever it is he calls us to do or to be prepared to handle whatever comes our way in life on a daily basis in a godly way? Would those tools be something like the Bible, maybe a solid Christian support system or, or for you, it could be also a devotional or worship music. Uh, what about prayer or prayer time, a prayer room a a tablet of paper to write your prayer requests down on, uh, going to church, a church service, quiet time with the Lord. And for some people, it might be journaling or prayer cards, support groups, uh, Bible study group, specialized retreats, maybe a few times a year, or even Christian counseling or therapy. Um, Okay, so number four is simply do what you're supposed to do. Follow the recipe. (laughs) I will have to tell you, in cooking... I'm not very good at following the recipe. I, I, I don't often make horrible food once in a while I do, but usually that's because I'm not observant and I'm not paying attention. I'm I'm just confessing right there. (laughs) I have it all in tow. I've got the recipe. I've got things going or I have the recipe in my head, but I will add things as I feel led because sometimes even in the middle of a plan that God gives us, the Holy Spirit will move us to go in a different direction or move us to add this or move us to do that. And that's perfectly okay. As long as you've got the plan ahead of you and as long as long as you're following God. And sometimes I'll do that when I'm actually cooking in the kitchen and follow that recipe. However, usually if I mess up, it's because I haven't been paying attention and I haven't been observant. So it's simply this, do what you're supposed to do. Follow the directions, whatever directions it is, including watching and making sure that something burns, making sure you turn the timer on on the stove so something doesn't uh, overcook or spill over. So what happens if you're following a recipe and you skip a step or you use the directions for making a cake, but you're making a pie? Okay, you may turn out a decent pie, but likely only by divine intervention. More than likely, it'll turn out hard to eat, half-baked in a big, nasty, messy bit of ingredients. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. God also has not just his eye upon you, but he has you in the palm of his hand. So if you work to stay in his will and do what he calls you to do, not run ahead of him, not run behind, and you actually follow his guidance and his direction, oh, you're so much better off. You'll be so blessed for it. So when I think about skipping the steps in a recipe, I can't help but think though about that this episode of, of the sitcom 
friends. So you all know where I'm headed with this. If you are a friends uh, fanatic, here's an episode um, or there is an episode in friends where the character Rachel is making an English trifle for dessert at Thanksgiving. And since she doesn't cook and she's not familiar with what an English trifle is, she doesn't realize that the pages in the cookbook have stuck together. So she ends up combining an English trifle with a shepherd's pie. This not so delicious dessert has Cool Whip and strawberries and ladyfingers along with cooked hamburger and layers of peas and some other things in this beautiful glass trifle. So this can easily happen to us. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was a very funny episode of Friends, but sometimes it's not so funny when we do this in real life. I mean, it looked beautiful. It was great, but I'm sure it tasted horrible. So we used to stress to our kids that following the recipe was essential. So what are the cooking rules and, and what recipe are you supposed to follow in dealing with life? You need to be awake enough to realize if the pages are stuck together, if you're jumping forward from one thing to another and they don't connect, you need to be in touch with God enough to know, oh, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. So what do you have to do to follow God, to work for God? We need to make sure you follow the directions to tackle life's problems or, or venture into a new calling. It's so important that we work to make sure that whatever it is he puts in front of us, we give it all our effort because there are instructions. There's a recipe for your life and it's called the Bible, just like a cookbook or a recipe card. The Bible is filled with instructions and wisdom and parables and things that we can learn. It's an essential tool to be successful and to have a fulfilling Christian life that's that's not half-baked. <laughs> so have you ever tried to cook something or gotten partway into the process and realized that you didn't have an ingredient that you needed? So you went into the kitchen unprepared and you knew full well that even if you substituted something else for that missing ingredient, it just wouldn't turn out the same. It wasn't going to cook up to be what it was supposed to be. I have. So, so in the same... It's the same thing when you're setting out on a new life venture or even tackling daily life stresses. If you don't follow that recipe, the right tools, you know, having them at, on hand and the ingredients, it's not going to turn out the way it's supposed to be. And I say that again and I reiterate it because I want you to know that that's a choice. If we do that, it's a choice because we have free will to follow the directions or not. And yet sometimes when we mess up and things come out half done, half baked, messed up, we try to point at the recipe. We try to say, oh, well, it's the recipe's fault or this isn't right or it's somebody else's fault. It's not God's fault. It's not the direction's fault. It's not the cookbook's fault. It, it's our fault if we didn't do it correct. But we have to get ourselves up. We have to brush off the flour and keep moving forward. Because sometimes we we get things mixed up. We're only human. I remember when I was in, in seventh grade, my sister accidentally used salt instead of sugar in a banana bread recipe. Um, it did not taste good at all. <laughs> but we didn't know till we sunk our teeth into it. It looked fine. It smelled great. But oh my gosh, that banana bread was horrible. The results were not good. It definitely did not turn out as intended. We didn't hold it against her, although we do remember it. <laughs> We didn't hold it against her. It was a mistake. Um, she didn't have things lined up. She wasn't paying attention. It was like having the the pages of a recipe book stuck together. So what happens when we use the wrong ingredients in life? When you add something in that shouldn't be there. When you don't follow the instructions for your life, 
Uh, does it come out desirable or just half-baked? One time I decided to make uh, gluten-free pie crusts for my Thanksgiving pies. <clears throat> so if you've ever tuned into this podcast, you already know that I have celiac and I'm allergic to, uh, to uh, gluten and wheat. So, well, this particular venture into gluten-free pie crust making was interesting to say the least. First off, I tried to educate myself by reading lots and lots of different recipes, whole loads of opinions and blogs on the subject of gluten-free pie making and what makes a great gluten-free pie crust. That was mistake number one. Every blog and foodie website had a different opinion, different recipe, different take on what was right and what was wrong. And I made, I, I just read too much of it, way, way too much of it. So I should have gone straight to the to the best source for celiac <laughs> cooking, and that's the Celiac Foundation on Nutrition and Recipes. Um, instead, I read a bunch of info that just clouded my judgment and confused me. So in the end, um, this is mistake number two, I didn't write the recipe down either, okay? That's what I did. In the end, I messed it up because I didn't even write down a recipe. I assumed since I'd read so much about it and I've gone to culinary school and I'm an experienced cook that I would remember the recipe. Yeah, no. Mistake number three, I didn't go over the recipe enough in my head thinking I could remember it to make sure that I had all of the right tools. I didn't even look to see if I had all the right tools and ingredients ahead of time. I assumed that I did. I should have relied on more than just my memory and I should have written that solid ingredient list and, and recipe down so that I knew that I would have a successful outcome. I didn't even check. I didn't double check. I didn't, I didn't have anything planned. I did all of the things wrong. <laughs> Mistake number four, I didn't get all my ingredients in order and set out beforehand. So I didn't have anything right where I needed it when I needed it. So what happened? Um, I was indeed missing a key ingredient. I tried to substitute something for it. <clears throat> Making pastry... <laughs> of any kind gluten-free from homemade is different than normal baking because the gluten in wheat flour is the binder. It, it's like the glue. So this means that it takes a few more additional ingredients to substitute for that to make anything gluten-free turn out like it's supposed to. So I got frustrated and flustered and worried in the middle of my cooking because, and I started dropping things. I was concerned I was going to waste some very expensive ingredients which in the end I did. In fact, most of my supposed pie crust ended up in a puff of white flour across my face, down my clothes, across the counter, in my kitchen, on the, on the kitchen floor. It looked like a really bad cocaine drug bust gone bad. <laughs> so have you done similar with anything that God was calling you to do? Maybe you didn't get all your ducks in a row or your tools and ingredients ready to take on the task that he set before you or to head out on this spiritual path that he called you to. Or maybe you decided to seek advice and ideas from places and people you know you shouldn't. Have you ever sought out every other person's opinion on what you should do except God's? Or maybe you went to other sources instead of the Bible. Hebrews 4.12 states that for the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Sometimes we have great intentions in our heart, but we don't seek out the word. We don't seek out God. We don't seek out something that is living and active that can help us. 
So time and time again, we seek all these different sources that don't make us sharper, that don't feed us what we need. And in fact, dull our senses and give us the idea that quality done right and God led Jesus inspired recipes. All of these good things are actually false. That's what a lot of the things in the world tell us. Oh no, quality isn't what matters. It just has to be done a certain way, the way the world wants you to, the way culture wants you to. If it's God led or Jesus inspired, it's just half-baked idea notions and ideas. It's just false. And doesn't all the seeking out of other sources just add confusion and not clarity? It's not that we shouldn't get a opinions and wisdom from people we trust who are led by God, people who have experienced, people who, who um, have a love for the Lord. Absolutely. It's called iron sharpening iron. We've got to get those ideas. But a lot of times we seek out things and people and places and information uh, from sources that we should not. Isn't that one of the big curses of the internet too? Having all this supposed accurate info at your fingertips 24 7 we've become so impatient quick to grab the phone and look something up or seek advice or wisdom from sources that have no business giving advice and rarely contain wisdom and we don't even know are accurate in fact a lot of stuff anymore online is not accurate it's false and yet it's being called more and more intelligent it's not. It can be a hard lesson to learn and a challenge not to grab that phone and go for it. But again, that's part of the challenge of living in the culture we live in now. So I would like to encourage you to make sure that you work to use the tools that God gave all of us to make sure that you have the right ingredients, the, the recipe, the support that he puts in place for you, the things that God blesses you with to help you, to help you turn out something amazing and shareable, enjoyable, even delicious in your life on this journey, instead of just turning out things that truly do end up being half-baked. It's part of the challenge we all live with, but he has purpose for you and he also has a plan and he gives you wisdom, guidance, direction, love, encouragement along the way. So I pray you will take advantage of it. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast. Till next time, I hope you have uh, an emphasis on giving yourself a little grace, mercy, and I wish you peace.